centre for Everton. And we have a winner here in the dying moments as Carsley chips a great ball in. Oh, it's been finished in magnificent fashion by Yovo. Everton back in front, and that could be their most important goal of the whole season. Carsley deep and beyond. Caught at the back post, Rio Coca just sleeping, square on, fantastic for Everton, superbly taken. I don't know if it's better or worse than traffic in Nigeria. Joseph Yobo, <laughs> hey, what's your experience this afternoon? Yeah, it's okay. Just a little bit of traffic. I thought there was holiday yesterday, so yeah. I think I mistimed it. But okay, I'm here now. So I know you're here. You're good. <laughs> Welcome yes. to the show. Thanks for having me, Rob. Now it's good to be here. Yeah, finally, yeah. man. We, I mean, we had so much to chat to you about. Uh, we'll try to get through as much as we can. Uh, but a role that you see yourself in right now, post-retiring, how much time do you give yourself when you've finally decided, okay, I'm going to retire now, so professional football, I will no longer play? Yeah. What, what goes through your mind in terms of what is the next step for you? Yeah, it's always um, difficult to like, make a quick decision after retirement. You know, I took some time off, didn't really want to do anything, just taking care of business. Mm. And um, I thought I had enough of that, spending more time with family because during the season it's always difficult not having enough time with the family. So I had to do that first. And afterwards, I looked at everything that was on the table for me. You know, first, I do have my personal businesses that I do. Tell me you about know. them, though, because, <laughs> hey, I know you move from oil <laughs> to this and that. Tell me about some of the businesses. That uh, yeah, I think I'm in a bit of everything, you know, yeah. proper real estate and um, just, you know, got into the oil and gas as well. So it's, it's everything that is open and good investment. But then sports is always a big part of me. Yeah, yeah. You know, there is no way that I can be fulfilled without, you know, remaining in sports or as you can see now, I'm doing a little bit on TV with sports as well, and I'm um, I'm hoping to launch my um, sports academy in Nigeria this year as well, nice. like giving back, which is um, merging education with talent. Wow. So it's not just a football academy or a sports academy; it's a school, and also you have the sports where we develop the talents as well. So it's an academy with the purpose where education is the main driver. Yes, you know, absolutely, Rob. Because yeah. you know, like I know, coming from a system and my generation, that I can we realize the Education is as important as the talent that we do have because right. there is post-retirement. And when you don't have that, you tend missing, there's, there's going to be a missing link. So for me, is to make sure that the new generation that are coming, it's almost like me giving back and encouraging them that whatever talent that you have, especially in sports, you need your education as well because at some point you are going to retire. It must have been hard for you because when you leave home at the age of, what, 17, when you, yeah. when you went to play overseas, how was that, though? We've seen players here in South Africa go in their 20s they try out in russia and they say yeah. oh it's too cold i'm homesick etc but when you leave at 17 what is what is the main driver is it joseph yobo saying i don't like my situation at home i yeah. want to improve my situation and my family's situation therefore even if i'm 17 years old let me take this world on what is the main driver for you i think spot on rob i think that was the main drive yeah. you know when you come from a very average family and you know my parents you know credit to them they did everything possible but then 
as a young kid, I saw the situation and then I had talent as well. So when the opportunity came knocking for me it was to better my family, mm. you know, like I couldn't every day watch what was going on and knowing that if I make it through, I'm going to give my family a better life. So that was the main motivation for me as well. But then I looked up to other people that were also playing the national team and were in Europe. So they were my yeah. motivation. I wanted to be like them. You know, in the city where I grew up, where street football was everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I, I grew up never having a toy. So yeah. what was the best for me was football. So I played football like every day of my life. So I'm grateful to God for the opportunity. But my biggest motivation was to uplift my family. One thing I always remember about what you've said about yourself is the same yeah. thing Benny McCarthy has said about himself yeah. is that both of you have admitted that you are not the best you are not the most talented of players uh, yeah. i think benny mccarthy's brother jerome was probably far better than benny mccarthy but there was just <laughs> yeah. something there that says i am driven yeah. to be better although i can recognize around me that i'm not the best how do you how do you put those two things together? Because it's a fascinating thing, and you've been able yeah. to admit to it. Yeah, I think my family, my brother was playing. I have an older brother was ahead of me, and he was also a big motivation. But people looked at my family and said I was the most talented. Yeah. But I was the youngest, so I didn't really look at that. And in my peers, people always try to judge who was the best. But I never saw myself as, as the best player in my own peer group. You know, I always think that there were people ahead of me that could be better in case of when it's time to pick and choose. But... You have to motivate yourself. Yeah. I think when the opportunity comes and when, because I went through the ranks of going through youth tournaments and traveling interstate while I was still in secondary school. So right. everything I knew apart from education was football. And I looked at it at a point and I had to believe in myself that if I want to make it in football, I have to be dedicated. I have to push because I grew up in also not so bad environment, but it was rough. Yeah. So I had the choice to go the other way. But I think football saved my life and I gave it everything. You sound like somebody who had a purpose. Maybe if football was not the one option that you had, what was the other thing that Joseph Yobo could potentially have become? Yeah, I think I would have gone to school to the highest level. My parents yeah. really wanted me to because at that point, I think I was doing pretty good. But when I was 17, I just finished secondary school. It was a choice of going to the university. And when the opportunity came knocking to go for trials abroad, yeah. you know, I couldn't have wished for any better. But every from when I was 13 and I was going for youth tournaments, I've always been um, spotted, you know. But my parents won't let me get involved until because number one, they didn't really believe that football could make you a better human being and yeah. you could earn a good living from it. Because for them, football was just something it, you play in the street. Exactly. But yeah. you know, as time went by, like I said, I had an older brother that was doing pretty good as well in football. So they saw the potential and people started talking to my parents. But at 17, the decision wasn't mine. You know, because I was very young. Yeah. It was for my parents and for my younger, my older brothers. You know, so it was a family decision. And, you know, I was grateful for the opportunity and I had to leave. But then when you go to Europe, like you said, everything is new. New culture, new environment. The language is different. The food is different. But mm. like I said, my biggest motivation was the family. And I couldn't let the opportunity slip by me. And here you are today. I mean... Uh we, we live on Twitter, by the way, uh, Marawa Sports Worldwide. If you want to catch a glimpse of uh, the, the legendary Joseph Yobo, who's here in studio with us, done so many incredible things. His journey has been remarkable uh, through the years. And he, he's here just to share some of those. There'll be a couple of tributes as well uh, that will surprise him with. The most yeah. kept Nigerian <laughs> football player is yeah. Joseph Yobo. How on earth does that happen to a kid who maybe at the beginning, football was not the be-all of everything? This must be something you sit back and... Yeah. I mean, Nigeria has had so many great football players, but you would emerge now singularly as the most kept. 
Yeah, I think it's something that I'm most grateful to God. But looking at it, I never saw it coming. Yeah, I never even looked at myself like someone that could play in the national team. I had icons, people that I looked up to. But to see myself even playing with people that I looked up to, like them, JJ, Sunday Olise, Fini, George, Tari, but West, these are people that I looked up to. Mm. But I was very fortunate because I think my, um, my road to stardom or to success was very rapid. So it's like meeting your icon and becoming friends with them. I became their teammates. Wow. So that motivated me a lot and they gave me a lot of encouragement. I think during my era, I was the youngest in the team that was playing with them. So everything happened so fast. But it always starts from the first game that you played. Mm. I played my first game, took my opportunity brilliantly, and from there on, I never stopped. And ironically, like you said, being the um, most cut player as well, and then to play with all these legends and having to keep one jersey in the Nigerian national team, I wore number two from the day I started till the day I retired. So it was a special number that was kept for me. So, But like I said, first is God, but it's a remarkable story from nothing, yeah. from grass to grace and achieving all these um, milestones and, and, and status, I think is just phenomenal. Oh, I mean, this man, <laughs> I mean, when he moved from loan deal to loan deal yeah. to... He made mega bucks, this guy. He made mega bucks. But hey, find out about the story and the life and the times of Joseph Yobo. Uh, he is my guest here tonight. 060-584-2250. Time for news. Well, he's certainly regarded as a football god, as a football legend. He's right here in studio with me uh, tonight. And that is none other than Joseph Yobo, my guest. 060-584-2250. That is the WhatsApp voice note number that you can send any of your tributes, questions, whatever's on your mind, throw it at the gentleman. And I'm also monitoring Twitter here. Stanton Fredericks, eh? A uh, former player as well says, I had the privilege of meeting Joseph a couple of days ago. Immediately what stands out is the humble, respectful human being that he is. Wow. You remember Stanton, <laughs> the guy with the fancy hairstyles? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fancy hairstyles and lots yeah, of gel. Cool yeah. yeah. And Lesiba yeah. Bertwell says, the story of Joseph Yobo is very, very amazing. It shows that uh, through discipline, dedication, determination, and hard work, you can go far. What a legend he is. Wearing the same jersey number two uh, for the national team until he retired is amazing. I'll read a lot of your tweets as well that are coming up. And, and the most fascinating thing, though, when you become the first African to captain a club, means, yeah. mean, means the world to you because that's the beginning of somebody saying that you're a true leader, that we see the potential. You yeah. know, Phil Neville's not there. So who's the next best leader when Phil Neville's not there? And they said, Joseph Yobo, how did that make you feel? Yeah, it made me feel great. But I think there is a situation also before the Phil Neville captainship yeah. because I was there longer when he came through. Sure. But I thought it was part of the deal when he was coming from Man United to Everton to you know entice him to sign for Everton. So I didn't bother much. Right. But him not playing when he's not there, I know like I was a deputy. So for me, it's always like, even if I'm not wearing the captain band, I know I'm already a natural leader, right. you know, to take responsibility of things. But, you know, being able to captain everything when Finn never wasn't on the pitch. And I think my first first time that I did wear the armband, I also scored as well. I think it was in the UFA Cup. So Correct. it was amazing because everything is very special to me. I think everything showed me to the world. So we have this connection and it, it meant everything for me to be a captain of that club. And it's a, it becomes a life, though, because with good comes bad. Yeah, and I don't want to cause you're a guest. I'm supposed <laughs> to protect you, but it's just that when you scored an own goal against Liverpool, do you think that the coach took that personally? Because in the end, the man was not fielding you as much. There was a change of dynamic 
We understand okay. Merseyside yeah. derby is a Merseyside derby, and an own goal is an own goal. It can happen to everybody. I can't remember. I'm trying to like picture when that <laughs> happened, like an own goal against Liverpool. Like that's that's big. 2009. But yeah. 2009. Yeah, I don't think. I think there were issues like with injuries, and and we're getting to Afcon now. I think that was my one of my problems that I did. Yeah. Have. Like people ask me a lot of times that like, why didn't you play for one of the biggest clubs in the world? I said it's not that they didn't come. We saw this coming, but I was committed to everything every time with a long contract, mm. and then been participating for my country which means a lot to me to represent Nigeria every time there was AFCON I was always playing so I never missed out and you never missed AFCON yeah I never missed AFCON during my era because that was a big thing club versus country yes. and because the, the seasons were not aligning yeah. uh, it was a mess so you had to choose between, between that person who feeds you every day yeah, yeah, and yeah. also your national team yeah especially when you become an integral part of that team and yeah. the team wants to achieve a lot of success when you are that important, then you have to choose. You know, I was sometimes in that position where, okay, injuries as well, and they're worried, am I going to come back fit? And I think a couple of times I went to Afghan, right. got injured again. So it was like I didn't listen to the advice. And But you now when the country comes calling, I'm patriotic to my country. I have to give everything. I thought also they were part of my progress and, and achievement. So it's very, very difficult. And this happens not just to myself, to a lot of African players. Yeah. When you leave, they're always thinking there are a lot of games to play. And they were, especially everything was growing from being a top 10 team, trying to achieve the top six status to be getting into Europa Cup. And one mm. time we finished fourth and got into the Champions League. So at that point, they had to replace me. So we had, I had my injury worries. Yeah. Then the manager didn't like, you know, this is some decisions that I made. So, and then when you leave, the defense is playing so well when they keep clean sheets, it's always difficult for a defender to come back. But knowing myself that I'm not that type of a player that will be on the bench. I always, you know, I'm always very competitive. As much as it's not that bad, it's just let the best player play. Yeah. And when I'm doing so well and training so well, I always feel that I was ahead. So if you don't give me that opportunity, I wanted to leave. So I actually was on a four-year contract when I asked that I wanted to leave because if I cannot keep an automatic place, I wasn't that type of a player to be on the bench. So when you said you wanted to leave, did you have a club in mind where you would go to? Or you were just at that point where any club would have done. You just were frustrated in the situation. Not really. You know, clubs will always come through the back door yeah. and, and speak to agents and everybody was talking to me. So I had a few clubs that I wanted to go to. But, you know, every time I, I showed that, it was sad for me to tell everything that I wanted to leave. But for me, football comes first. Yeah. It wasn't about the contract or anything. It was me playing because when I'm not playing, you know, this is something that gave me so much joy and happiness. The contract didn't matter. So I did tell them that, okay, I wanted to leave and then know the clubs that have because clubs can go directly club to club but they kept it till late and it was funny how i went to fenerbahce because i wanted to remain in the premier league but they sh the, all the doors were shut and yeah. until the last day of the transfer window like i couldn't move anymore yeah. the only option i have is foreign clubs and then fenerbahce came in they came in before that I, I wasn't ready and i said okay let me give it a try it's a big club and i also wanted to play in the champions league i think that was my biggest motivation i thought i trained i did everything for everything i wasn't going to improve anymore i needed a new challenge because that was eight years plus yeah. for everything i thought i needed something new so it was a whole lot of things in my mind but mostly most importantly was football and to be able to participate in European competitions. But that's close, man. I mean, eight years. You, you're two yeah. years away from a testimonial game. Yeah. That is two years away from recognition. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I am, you know, fortunately had the privilege of uh, being with somebody like Lucas Khatebe when they went and gave him his testimonial. Yeah. 
and just being behind the scenes, watching everything happen and had a game against Charlton uh, because Sean Bartlett, another South African, was yeah. playing there. And the stadium was packed. And the way they, they, they hero worship Lucas is something that I don't even think South Africans or Africa are aware of, just yeah. what he means to them. Yeah, yeah. So I can imagine the same thing. If you were able to hang on for another two years, you would yeah. have been able to get your testimonial and yeah. get the love back, back. Yeah. after all of those years. True. I think I was, you know, I came through when Lucas was in Leeds, you know, so I, I saw the experiences yeah. as well. You know, he was a top defender. That was, that, was, that was part of the plan. I think that was a major plan for me to be the first foreigner to have a testimonial. Yeah. So I, had, I was supposed to leave, but then I signed a new five-year deal for me to stay longer. But like I said, things happen. There's a national team. There is my interest of me that I have to keep my regular place. I, right. I'm not a bench player. Mm. So when that happened, the most important thing was my happiness, which is football. And then I needed another challenge of European football. Because at that point, I was, we were in, even when we qualified for Champions League and Europa Cup, we weren't going that far. Yeah. You know, you go through your career and your mind and you say, where are the silverwares? Hmm. At some point, you need to win something significant. I was with Everton. We got to FA Cup finals. We lost to Chelsea. You know, so that was very sad. Yeah. So when Fenerbahce came in, they're Turkish champions. They're huge. I knew that I was going to be playing in the Champions League. I knew that there's opportunity for me to win the league and right. the cup. And in my first season, that happened for me. So I was like, this is the best thing that has happened in a long time in my career to move to another country yeah. and win the league in my first season and win the, um, and the Turkish Cup as well. And most importantly for me was I scored the winning goal that gave us the, the, the championship. Yes. Yeah, so it was just everything. Yes, champions. So I, was, <laughs> so I was so glad I made that decision. And it's it paid something off. That I, yeah, I mean, it paid off in the end, eh? Because back then it was, what, 700,000 euros, yeah. uh, you know, the, the whole deal that was struck there. But, yeah. well, that's why I need this man for two hours, man. I'm, I'm catching <laughs> corners here tonight. Uh, but Madambula yeah. Bandita says that uh, you know that hero, Joseph Yobo, has handed over 300 scholarship awards to students ranging from primary to tertiary level in Niger without boasting about it. He says, <laughs> yeah. God bless him, a role model indeed. Because I went through your, your, your entire profile of, you know, not even things that are, are included in your profile, but he, he's, yeah. you know, Malumbul is exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sort of work you do. Yeah, you reach scene. out. Yeah, behind the scene, I try to reach out. I think it started from me giving out to um, the less privileged as um, the offense. Yeah. I thought they needed support, so I set up um, a foundation, you know, let people... Not well structured, but the most important thing was my heart of giving back to them. So I actually did give those scholarships to, to help those people. But like we said, not everything you do, yeah. you want to put in the media. I wasn't that type of a guy. I, I do a lot of things behind the scene and support people differently without actually. So he's very correct. And, you know, some things that you do is left for you and God. And I'm just happy that I was privileged to be in that position to support people. Sure, 300 scholarships. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, Yamalolo says that while listening to that man's intelligence and understanding of the game um, on the analysis that he gives as far as Champions League is concerned, uh, it's yeah. no surprise listening to a story on your show, Inspirational Stuff Indeed. And as I said, we got one. I'm going to play a tribute quickly. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know where they've hidden that one. Um, so we will, we'll play that. And, and in the time when we do, we'll also invite some of the, uh, the callers in the time that we do have left. As I said, I'm going to convince him to come back. Yeah, I'll sure. go fetch him uh -huh. uh, next time so that he avoids yeah. all of this traffic that puts him <laughs> uh, in trouble here.
Yeah, so we'll, we'll do that. 0605842250 is the uh, voice note number. Joseph Yobo, my guest tonight on Marawa Sports Worldwide. Uh, Joseph Yobo is one of those players um, that Nigerians will always, always remember. The first man to reach 100 caps. People tend to forget that he played at the youth level for Nigeria in 1999 when they hosted the Under-20 World Cup. Um, I mean, he left for Belgium at a young age. He didn't really play at home locally, so people didn't get to um, know anything about him. He just appeared from nowhere. I mean, he's a player who's played in Belgium. He went to France, established himself in England. He went to Turkey, came back to England. He has a fascinating story to tell. The first man to win 100 caps in Nigerian football history. We never thought we would see anyone attain that uh, uh, number. Um, he's played under different managers. He won the AFCON and... Um, you know, when you are the man, the last man to leave the Afghan, you've got a special place in the history of Nigerian football. The first one was Christian Chuku, the second one was um, Stephen Keshi, and then uh, Joseph Yobo followed suit in 2013. So you can tell that when you're writing the history of Nigerian football, the image of Nigerian football, his face will always be there. Um, um, I mean, what's there to say about him? No controversy, no drama, nothing. Um, he committed himself to Nigerian football. He was always sacrificing. He scored important goals. He popped up with crucial goals. He couldn't single out one great moment in his own career, if I if I will have to ask him, because he has glorious ones. Um, there are games Nigeria played um, when they needed to win 1-0 somewhere. Uh, uh, you know, like World Cup qualifying, he scored two important goals. You know, helping Nigeria qualify for the World Cup. And then, um, you know, he played He played in three World Cups. You don't see that all the time. He played in the 2002, 2010, and the 2014 World Cup. It doesn't happen all the time. People will always revere him. People will always respect his success story, his achievement, the fact that he carried himself honorably. Um, it's one thing that any coach that you ask about him, they will always say he gave his all to the country. He's a highly respected man, not just in Nigeria, in England with Everton, um, in Turkey with Fenerbahce, um, Joseph Yobo. I mean, I'm, I'm just speechless. There's nothing more to add. He was just an exemplary footballer, one you can always tell the young ones to emulate because on and off the field, he carried himself properly and he was a decent captain for Nigeria without any drama about issues and drama. People talk about this when you're gone after football. In his own case, there was nothing anyone could say to point negative towards what he achieved. And he's always one that people will revere and respect in Nigerian football. Yeah, wow. That is deep. And I'm sure you know the gentleman, <laughs> one of you know, one of my journalistic friends, Onowashina yeah. Okeleji. Yeah, familiar voice, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got you wrapped up and yeah. he's 100% right, though. Yeah, he how, do you, how do you respond to that? Oh, you know... Hearing it from him, I think, um, you know, it's even better because, yeah. you know, he knows Nigerian football and the players, the whole system in and out. So he's a great journalist as well. So hearing it from him just makes me feel proud. Yeah. <laughs> it's things that I don't because I'm not used to a lot of things. People always try to say things to, to me, but coming from him, you know, I appreciate that. All right. Um, I'm going to ask you to pop your headphones on quickly. Um, we're going to take a few calls. Uh, let's see how many we get through. You're a popular man here. Greggy, good evening. Good evening, Mr. Rob. How are you doing, Greg? I'm good, I'm good. I'm you. Oh, we're just blessed, man. We, we've got one of the best players that the continent has ever seen. He's right here in the studio. Uh, Mr. Rob, you know, um, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to start from, you know. I mean, <laughs> this, this, this is one of the... Yeah. 
Yes, my biggest bros. Bros, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of things I need to say about the uh, Yobo, you know. you know, uh, I remember the first time I I came to the national team, you know, um, the, he was one of the first uh, person that welcomed me, you know, we young stars that I was playing at the Lobby Stars. We just went to the Champions League in, in Egypt against Al-Ali. We came back and I uh, was... Uh, I was promoted to the to the to the senior national team, and it was after then because before then they were they, they, they that was they, they played the World Cup that was '99 Junior World Cup you know them Agawa yeah. them they were the coming time. out from that time yeah so he is one of those great you know legends I don't know what to say you know he was a great <laughs> man you know I I heard uh, uh, was saying that he plays the uh, three World Cup he must add Nations Cup too six Nations Cup and I was <laughs> I was privileged. I was privileged to be with him in, in 2004 in Tunisia, you know. I mean, it was a great experience to be among this band. And he must tell you too, he's a chief in Portacot, eh? He's a big chief there in Portacot. You know, but uh, he's, just, he's, just, he's just a great guy to be around, you know. He, he looked after us. Well, I remember when we, we as a home base player, we we playing back home then. They were coming. He was playing for Standard Liège that time, you know, moving to, to Terry, to Everton. So he came that time and there was a little bit problem there in the national team with the bonus issue. I mean, this is this is a true, this is a fact. You know, Yobo took his money from his own pocket to pay all the home base players, <laughs> and it's not it's not small money I'm telling you about. So it's, I mean, this man has done a lot behind the scene. He's not one person that always come out to you know to brag a lot, but he he's one of the role models, one of the legends in Nigeria. One one person we always look up to, and I'm very humble to play alongside in the national team. He's my great captain, you know, and have I mean. 101 cars in the national in the super eagles it's not it's not it's not in nigeria we call it not my mind because we cannot do that <laughs> no it's just you know it's just top class you know i mean uh, i'm very happy you know to play alongside him and he has been a great role model for a lot of nigerians particularly myself you know i'm i'm not much always with him good guy down to earth you know and his family he's a family man he tell you one one good thing about him he's a big family man he likes family you know his wife and his kids and i just think he's just one of the good legends we always have you know in nigeria and i think you know i'm just very privileged to be alongside him play alongside him in the national team and well he, well, he did one he did one thing right i mean you talk about him as a family man that uh <laughs> you know baby joey came in 2010 yeah. you know the year yeah. where he captained nigeria right here in south africa uh, yeah. yeah 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 with the family yeah. i remember when you know with the nation's cup you know in south africa when nigeria won uh the the nation's cup yeah you know he was the captain of the team you know Going to the World Cup again in Brazil, you know, before he before he retired from the national team. I don't think he has done a lot for Nigeria. You know, he has done a lot for Nigeria, and I'm very humble to play alongside him. You know, and you know, in Africa as a whole, I mean, Joseph Yobo is one big name. You know, one we call him Gentle Giant, the Gentle Giant from right back to center back. You know, I mean, he has done a lot for Nigeria. I just you know, yeah. you know, it's just a great, it's a privilege, and I'm very humble to play alongside him. Oh, great. Wow. Sure. <laughs> You've left the big man speechless here, Greg. Thanks so much, man. You'll, you'll hear the reaction on the radio, yeah, okay? Sure, sure, <laughs> Thank sure. You. Well done, oh, Greg. Thank oh. you. All yeah. right, before you react to Greg, let me bring Pasta in. Pasta, good evening. Hey, Robbie, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Former team manager of the Super Eagles. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, wonderful, wonderful talking to you. <laughs> we, we, we've got this great man here, Joseph Yobo, in studio. And, um, I mean, we, we want to hear from different angles. What's your experience with him? Well, Joe. 
Joy is in my joy is in my territory. Oh yeah, I'm here. I'm here. How it's, are you? No, it's 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 unbelievable. You know, I've seen Joe grow. You know, grow as a young man. I I was in the national team when he when he came. Uh, yeah, 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 that is Eda Peter side. Eda Peter side. Yeah, the goal, the goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was in the national team when he came as a young man. We're from uh-huh. the same place, the same area, you know. And uh, I remember in Portugal, was against Liberia. I think it was yeah. against Liberia. Yes, I was in the, I yeah. was the reserve goalkeeper to Ike. And the first game he played, he was, and he... He was the one to mark George Ware. <laughs> yeah. You know? Joe, uh, you remember? I remember that yeah. game very the great well. great yeah. George Ware. Yeah. 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 World yeah. Cup yeah. qualifier, yeah. yeah. World Cup qualifier against Liberia. I, I was in the team. I, I was reserved to catch the man. He was given the task of marking George Ware. Sure. You know, he did a job. When I say a job, he did a job with a change. He was just <laughs> fantastic. Uh, you know, and um, to see Joe grow all these years, and not just and uh, growing into a gentleman. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things everybody will talk about Joe is he's a gentleman. You know, no scandals in his life. You know, humble guy. Just he stays out of trouble. You know, and then I, bec- I, sh- oh, I, I now became uh, the media officer. Mm-hmm. While he was still playing, yeah, you know, from a player to media officer, and it was so easy, easy to work with him. He's a family man. He's a gentleman. He's a, he dresses very well. I should have, I should say that <laughs> he loves clothes. Yeah, <laughs> he's a fashionista, man. He makes all of us look very stupid when he's around, eh? <laughs> no, 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 it's always cool. You know, he's just a great guy to hang around, and we've been friends. Even all through that period till now, he's just a wonderful guy. Again, you know, one one guy that that gave his best for Nigeria. I think about a hundred and one caps or so. Yeah. You know, very committed. You know, some players would choose games they would play, but not Joe. Joe would come, you know, make phone calls and say, "Come on, you know, he likes to hit his hands like this." They come. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. <laughs> we, we need to do this. We need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Know, so it's just, just a wonderful guy. Absolutely yeah. wonderful guy. Peter Peterside, thank you so much for taking the time. It's always great to hear from uh, people with uh, greater insight and who have been very close to uh, Joseph Yobo, just giving that testimony as well. Thank you very much. My legend. Thank you, Ida P. Okay, from Ida, yeah. let's see how many we can squeeze in before we say goodbye. Oh, yeah. this is frustrating me. Well, I need uh, to come back. No, you have to Definitely. come back. Because, you know, when you're setting standards like you did, it feels yeah. wrong to not complete the story because you've done so many things yeah. that I, I believe people should know. Sami Kufoy had to come back twice. Yeah. On the, in fact, three times yeah. on the show because okay. we couldn't even get through halfway yeah. and and that's the journeys that we have to respect <laughs> about gentlemen like yourself let's hear what the people have to say Patrop, the guy looks young why my name is Aaron Rob from Sushangove yo he looks young that guy I thought he retired what two years ago or three years ago this is hey, Mr. Rob I remember the legend he was wearing chest number two he was a diligent uh, player. Yeah, Ish. I hope he is still a diligent person. Yeah, all the best, my guy, in life from Soso GP. 
Good evening, Rob. Good evening to the legend, uh, Mr. Yobo. Oh man, what a man you've got there, Rob. <laughs> I mean, just listening to him, that is just so much inspiration, so much motivation. You know, no matter how old you are, just listening to the man's journey, to the man's mindset, you know, it's just out of this world. And we are very, very fortunate to be um, in conversation with him. Thank you very much, Robert, for bringing him in. And thank you, Mr. Yobo, for coming in. Thank you for your kind words. Oh, there's so many voice notes yeah. <laughs> that we were going to play out. But yeah. we'll hold you down. Um, Joseph will let me know when he can make it again. Uh, because it, it, it's wrong. We've we've just yeah. touched the surface, yeah, you know, slightly. This, this so is just the intro. This is just the intro, and I'm <laughs> glad you agree. Because being somebody who does so many things under the radar, it yeah. becomes our duty to bring it from under the radar to, the to visibility. Yeah, yeah. So, please promise us you'll come back. No, definitely. Thank no. you so much, though. I mean, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, you're an outstanding human being, an outstanding gentleman, a brilliant football player that you were, a great leader, a future. Yeah of great things to come because you're so yeah. multi-talented versatile you can you can do anything <laughs> that you want to do when you do focus on it so yeah. joseph you want to thank you very very much for coming. thank you so much rob for having me and it's also good like you know meeting you as well you know tapping all the experience and and things from you as well i think you're a big role model i must say that not just for south africans but for africa you know we're proud to have you as well so it's always good you know meeting and working with someone like you it's a pleasure having me on the show thank you so much the legendary joseph yobo yeah. in studio my goodness he'll be back this man uh oh, oh the stories man they're gonna be fascinating but we'll tell you when he'll come back uh we'll tell you way in advance because you don't want to miss it for anything is standing by at metro fm hey the elections are blazing people are complaining did you vote once or twice or three times? Did you remove the ink from your thumb? I don't know. I don't know what people have been doing in these elections. I don't know who they want to win. But yeah, if you're voting three times, what's going through your mind? I, I don't know. Maybe justice as well did the same. We'll catch you tomorrow.